My name's Liam, and you're listening to Let's Nurture, the podcast. Today, we have a guest, Matt, who's going to talk to us a little bit about networking, both for business and at home. Hi, Liam. How are you today? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm not too bad. Well, then, let's get right into it. So, we've talked before on this show about how networks function. We discussed sort of building things up from a direct wired connection between two computers, to getting into switches, to getting into routers and modems, and then ultimately the internet. It's that lower level that we're going to be mostly talking about today. So how can and should you set up your personal network for either your business, or as we get a little closer to the end, your home? A lot of the basic principles of business networking, as I'm led to understand, still apply to home networks, but your home network usually doesn't have information that's quite as important. You've probably got other stuff going on. So you're usually not going to be spending the same kinds of time securing and monitoring and keeping track of the network in your house, which is protecting usually not much at all. So when discussing business networking, how should we start? Well, uh, the best place to start is typically you would want to assess what your business needs, like how many, how many clients are ultimately going to need to access the internet uh, or the network and if there's any security concerns that you need to account for, like is your is your network just basically going to be a handful of people accessing the internet, or do you have valuable data that you need to protect? Okay, so let's let's sort of take those in stages then. If I don't have a lot of valuable data, but I do have a lot of people need to access the internet, let, let's pick some examples. Let's say I have two businesses, and one of them is a data entry center. And the other is something like a Starbucks, because those are, when I think of business networking, those are the two general cases that spring to mind for me. Do you yeah. have a big office building with a thousand computers that need to be wired in? And then you have, you know, something like a coffee shop where the public is constantly accessing, say, your wireless network, and you need to protect yourself against the most dangerous thing in the world, the public. <laughs> well, in the in the case of the public, um, one of the main things that you want is you want to make sure that you have a fast wireless device that can handle a lot of clients. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to go into the brands really too much, but usually Ubiquity are, is, uh, is one of the top names as well as Ruckus. Those usually are high-performing access points that will allow you to have uh, multiple customers online to... Uh, to connect and check their email or get that special coupon or what have you. Uh, whereas something like a call center is going to have an entire rack of network equipment. Uh, they're going to have probably multiple incoming connections from multiple different providers, uh, just as a, as a fail safe, uh, as well as they're going to have racks and racks divided to making sure that there's a wired network connection to all of those PCs, uh, the, as well as probably the phones with a, with a VoIP set up in a call center. The problem with wireless is it, it's susceptible to interference and it's able to be accessed. Um, with, with a wired network, you're eliminating a lot of that access from anyone else being able to, uh, to be on the network simply because there's no entry point for them. So let me let me take that back a little bit. Sure. Um, what is what is a VoIP setup? 
Uh, VoIP setup it stands for Voice Over Internet Protocol, and it's what most uh, call centers and small businesses use when they need a whole lot of phone lines. Most people, they'll have one or two phone lines, and they'll have their own dedicated phone line. Whereas for small businesses, they'll often have an entire um, VoIP setup so that uh, one call can come in, go into a routing queue, and then be sent to the appropriate department. If you've ever called somewhere and asked for a number prompt to be taken to, uh, to a certain department, that's going to be a, a VoIP setup that's either local to the building or, or a paid service. And it writes the telephone call to the specific IP, IP phone on the network. Okay, and an IP phone is, is just like a normal phone line, except over the internet. Exactly. It, it, um, it's kind of a combination between your regular phone and a, uh, and a networking device, like a network card. It, it mashes those two together so that you're able to use a, a phone over, over a network connection. Okay. And that's... How much more secure is it to have a fully wired... One more term I'd like to define here. Uh, your, your LAN network is your local network. So it's all of the things that do not go off into the internet to get to you. How much more secure is a wired network compared to a public Wi-Fi like you would get at a, at a coffee shop? Well, it has the potential to be much more secure. You're, you're only as strong as your weakest entry point, but with a wired network, it's much harder for somebody to gain access because they need physical access to a network port or to a computer. Uh, whereas if you have a Wi-Fi network that's on the same network as everything else, anybody with the uh, with a proper antenna can grab that signal, or even even customers, people in your lobby, what have you. Um, so that's preventing access is a uh, a good step to prevent a breach. If they don't have access, they can't breach. Um, and what? What does a breach look like in this case? A breach in this case, uh, it could be anybody who's not allowed to have specific information finding that information. They can use tools such as a packet sniffer or other things like that to detect specifically how things are set up and what traffic is going where, uh, to what clients on the network, and they can use that information to, uh, to either gain control or disrupt the network. Okay. And I guess it makes sense then that that's easier to do with a, like a Wi-Fi point, because the whole point of it is that you, you're giving access to people in the public. Yes. So oftentimes what companies will do is they'll set up two independent networks. They'll set up one for their internals, their staff, anything important, and they'll have a secondary one that they allow for general use, whether that's for employees to use on their lunch break or for customers and the general public to access while they're there. Uh, that, that's an easy way for a company to keep their, network, their own internal network secure and offer their customers the convenience of a readily available connection. Are there any other benefits to working with a wired network instead of a wireless one? Because wireless is certainly a lot more convenient. Yeah, their uh, wireless is definitely more convenient and offers a lot of freedom and flexibility, but it also offers um, the potential for interference. 
where you may say, for instance, you had your all of your employees working on a wireless network and one person is sitting in between uh, the access point or one person is on the other side of the access point and in between them is a microwave. If somebody uses that microwave, that can interfere with the wireless signal and knock that person offline. Uh, there's no telling what they may be doing. They could be in the middle of an important meeting or or anything else that uh, that requires a stable connection, and that can knock them out. Uh, whereas with a wired connection, it's much less susceptible to interference. You can uh, you can have a faster, more stable connection um with a wired uh wired connection most connections are they top out at about 1 gigabit per second but you can get 10 gig or even 100 gig ethernet to greatly uh improve the the connection uh, a lot of a lot of small businesses for instance especially now with with all the video production houses they'll have a server equipped with multiple 100 gig ethernet ports and then a couple ingest stations with multiple 100 gig or 10 gig Ethernet ports to quickly offload footage. Then, uh, then the editors are able to work with network resources as though they're local because they're fast enough. So two questions. One, um, what is a network resource? And two, what is an ingest point? <laughs> An ingest point would be a computer connected to the network where you can easily upload something to the network. So in in the specific example, I was talking about a, uh, a video production company. Um, they would shoot a video onto um, SD cards or, or uh, SSDs, usually called mags, on their cameras. Then they would take those mags, bring them over to the ingest station, and be able to quickly upload them so that the uh, so there's no danger of losing the footage, because if you uh, if if something happens to that SD card or mag or it gets corrupted or damaged, then um, you've lost all of that footage. Everything that was on on that device may not be recoverable. So you want to get it uploaded and backed up as quick as possible. For a for an ingest station, and by network resources, I mean I basically just mean speed. With a typical home network at about one gig, um, that's going to be enough for most people to do uh, like 4K stream 4K video or do some online gaming things like that. While in a production environment, it uh, it allows a server to feed data to a client computer at a much faster rate than your typical network would be able to. Uh, that, that means that instead of having a delay or need to wait for files, they have them instantaneously as though they were installed on their hard drive or on their SSD. It's, it's readily available and much, much, much faster than a typical network connection. Not 100 times faster. <laughs> For some businesses, what I'm hearing is that you can be working with huge amounts of data and all of it is sort of mission critical. So they've wound up investing what sounds like substantial amounts of money in making sure they have three different levels of redundancy and quick and easy access to the information they're storing inside their local network. 
Correct. Because time is money. Of course. Um, that certainly doesn't sound like what most people imagine when they think about networking. How would that differ from, in terms of the hardware, something like the combo three-in-one router modem Netflix receiver that I have sitting in my closet right now? Um, well, first, if it's a wireless device, take it out of the closet because wireless signal does not penetrate walls very well. Uh, <laughs> a a three-in-one device, they, they're, they're commodity devices. They're meant to fulfill a purpose. And that purpose is usually get a user and a couple devices online as cheaply as possible. And they perform like that's their purpose. Um, usually what, what I recommend for a small business client or, or even a home user, all, all my friends and family have pretty nice networks at their house. I recommend that they, uh, they get a secondary device to handle the actual networking. When, when the internet comes into your house, it comes in as a public IP address. And in the old days, the, that public IP address was connected directly to your computer. Nowadays, that public IP address goes into, uh, goes into your router, and the router performs what's called network address translation, or NAT. And that converts your public IP address into uh, a private network so that everything on your private network can get access through that public IP address. When you have many, many devices on a, on a local network, the router, it's, it's basically a small computer that's telling everything where to go. The more devices you have and the more traffic you send, the more work that that poor little computer has to do. So if it's not a very good computer then the experience and the uh, the quality of routing traffic is not going to be very good. So usually you want to have a dedicated device as your router. Um, you can get, it, it is a little bit more expensive, but you can usually get a uh, competent device for uh, good enough for about 50 devices for around $150 to $200 Canadian. And then you have to call your your service provider and have them uh, change your modem over to what's called bridge mode so that it passes the IP directly. But that will give you a significantly better home networking experience. And what can I, as a random home user, let's say I've done this, so I've invested the extra cost. What What, what now? Well, what's your goal? I don't know. What could my goal be? Give me some... Um, well, say you just built a nice, uh, a nice fire pit out in the backyard and you'd like to, uh, take advantage of all the, all the smart speakers that you found out aren't worth very much because they don't listen to commands properly, but they do work as speakers. So you figure, oh, I'll have some out there and I'll, I'll be able to sync them up through the network and listen to it there. But you find that the range isn't adequate, uh, while you're out there. Often what you can do with a, uh, with a decent router is you can, A, you can adjust where it's positioned and adjust the antennas, see if that's able to provide you a bit more range where you need it, or a lot of them now are able to be used in what's called a mesh system, where you can use multiple routers and only one needs to be connected 
to your to your internet these multiple mesh routers and they're able to increase the range of your uh, wireless network over over a uh, a much greater distance so you can fill in any gaps that you may have in your network okay can you talk for me a minute about what a firewall is because i think we've all heard about them in movies <laughs> yep and i don't think most people actually have a good idea like there's not an actual wall of flames anywhere so what what does it do well the the term itself is a holdover from the automotive industry uh the, really yeah the firewall is the piece of metal that sits between the cabin and the engine bay so if there's a fire in the engine bay the firewall protects the occupants in the in the cabin and also in the firewall there are very specific holes cut to allow wires and and uh, instruments anything that is needed on the interior most of those wires and everything are passed through the firewall so a computer firewall uh whether it's a software firewall or a hardware firewall acts in much the same way it it stands as a barrier to the occupants of uh in this case the interior of a network uh it's a barrier to anything that may be harmful on the outside however if it was just solid nothing would get through therefore you need to have very strategic holes cut through the firewall to allow traffic to pass through um the the, tra- the traffic that you want and that's basically what a firewall does. It, it blocks any unauthorized or unknown traffic from entering your network. So should I, as a home user, bother having a firewall? I mean, who's trying to access my network at, like, home? Uh, it depends. For most people, a, a software firewall is going to be adequate for what you need. It's, it's going to give you a bit of virus protection. It's going to offer up. 99% of what most people would need a firewall for and it's built into most operating systems by default. Windows, macOS and most flavors of Linux all have the uh, all have a firewall of some sort built in uh that you can configure. There's also a bit more in-depth software firewalls that some people choose to employ and you can get a what's called a hardware firewall, which does the same thing, except it's one layer removed. The, the biggest problem with a software firewall is that the machine has to accept the traffic. It has to see what the traffic is and analyze it before it can decide if it's going to do anything with it. At that point, for the most part, it's, it is in, already in the system, and there are some vulnerabilities that can take advantage of a of a software firewall it's sell it seldom happens but it is a possibility a hardware firewall is a separate device unto itself where it doesn't ever get the chance to enter the network because it's filtered at a hardware level before it even comes close okay so it happened so it is a barrier between the would it come before the modem or after the modem it would come after the modem okay so before anything goes from the internet into my personal network a firewall stands there and makes sure it's something that i want to get through 
Yes. Because right. the, the modem translates the signal from your, uh, from your service provider uh, into something that the computer can understand. Legible, right. Okay. Um, we've talked about office versus retail networking. It sounds like a lot of the more complicated setups make sense for someone in a business environment where you have potentially important data to protect, trade secrets to protect. And in that case, when you're getting that much usage, investing in things like a, a enterprise-grade switch to run all of your computers off of, or a hardware firewall to sit somewhere in the basement and make sure that you're not getting unwanted traffic into your network, can be a worthwhile investment. For the average home user, maybe that stuff isn't quite worth the time, but if you're interested in having good, reliable network speeds, it sounds like we do think you should invest some amount in getting a, a proper sort of router. So there are still some additional hardware needs that a home user may have. Is that accurate? Yeah. And from my perspective, anyway, uh, there's, there's lots of people who would probably be fine with, uh, with the standard hardware that you get. But I'm definitely the type of person who, if, if I'm paying for a service or anything, I want to extract the maximum amount of value out of it. And a upgraded uh, upgraded router is going to definitely help me take advantage of everything that I've already paid for. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. I hope that you've all learned something about networking both in general and for both business and home needs. Until next time, I've been Liam, and you've been listening to Let's Nurture, the podcast.